G'day partners, welcome to this week's episode of Bet With Brilliance. Uh, as always, joined by Jared Fish, the Sydney form analyst for Brilliance Racing, who's coming off an absolute fill-up today on the Kensington track at Randwick. Fish, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, going well, mate. It was a yeah, good day today with um, somehow managed to tip six winners home for followers, so pretty chuffed about that. Won a bit of money myself, so yeah, looking forward to carrying some form into the weekend. That's it. Build a bank for Saturday, mate. It's uh, all-star mile weekend in uh, in Melbourne at Mooney Valley. And having a look at Rose Hill, it's the, I think, the bigger race on the card is the, or you've got the Ajax Stakes there, you've got the Coolmore Classic. So a couple of big races there at Rose Hill too, mate. Yeah, the Coolmore Classic's going to be an absolute cracker. I can't wait for that one. Uh, they're calling it Shandon Ladies Day on the weekend, so... Should be a good day out there for all the people heading up, and I wish I could be there, but unfortunately I'll be uh, watching on the TV. But another cracking uh, meeting of races, so looking forward to it. With a race day name like that, the girls will be out in force with their cheese boards and whatnot. They'll be giving it a crack. <laughs> yeah, that's it, mate. It'll be a cracker up there on the weekend. That's it. Uh, looking forward to the weekend, mate. For me, like I said, uh, racing at Mooney Valley. <coughs> They are predicting that Mooney Ponds is going to get 100%. It's 100% chance of rain. It's going to bucket down at, at Mooney Valley. I've heard early on that some experts are tipping it to get towards a heavy track. So uh, that'll be interesting for Mooney Valley there. Um, looking at the, the track itself, the rail is going to be in the true position the entire way for the circuit. Uh, what about Rose Hill, mate? It's looking like uh, plenty of rain in Sydney as well for the next two days. So I believe we might be on a soft six, soft seven at best. And uh, probably at worst, we might get a heavy eight. So certainly makes things a little bit harder. But um, yeah, should be should be, should be be a good day of racing anyway. Yeah, I mean, we're recording this on the Wednesday night. So plenty can happen between, between now and Saturday morning, punters. Uh, we don't need to tell you to keep your eye on the forecast and look out the window or whatever. Um, but, yeah, the way that we're looking at it at the moment, uh, thinking that rain's going to be playing a big part in it. Now, Fish, we're going to roll through some of what we see the smaller races on the card. We're going to finish with the big ones at the end there. Uh, do you want to kick us off in Race Hill, mate? Yeah, mate. Race one, we've got the Cadillacs 1900, which is a benchmark 78 over 1900 metres. Um, I've gone with the favourite, Great House. Um, he had a massive run last start. It was his first run in seven weeks. He took off a long way from home and sort of uh, ran around the whole field and just died late and couldn't get there. Stable mate ended up getting home. He's gone up five kilograms, but um, goes down a pretty pretty big drop in um, grade for him. So going back to 100 metres, I think he's a big chance on top at $2.10. Toscanini's probably the danger for me at $5.00. So that might be a little um, sneaky play. Race two, we've got the Magic Knight Stakes, which is at Group 3, 1,200 for two-year-old fillies, having their last little play at trying to sneak into the Golden Slipper. Obviously, we posted yesterday the sad news about Brocky Ryan um, breaking his leg in track work. He was going to have a good shot on Jar Mayer here, who I would have liked to tip on top for him if, if he was riding, but Tommy Berry takes over and... I guess uh, Joe Mayer would be a chance in this race, but I've tipped Robo Deer on top for John O'Shea and Brenton Abdullah. She was uh, really wide and 
covered a lot of ground first up in the sweet embrace. And um, I'm, she's got a very good draw here, um, barrier four. She'll be on the speed in what looks like a pretty slow tempo. So I'm hoping she can lead around the bend and um, get home at the $6 price for us. What about the um, start of the Mooney Valley card, mate? Bit of an odd card at Mooney Valley and the first race looks actually quite competitive, mate. It's the, uh, the Ladbrokes Grand Handicap Classic over 2,500 metres. <clears throat> Benchmark 80 for this one. I'm looking at the current markets. Uh, playoffs is your favourite. Fairfield's off coin collector, Rising Archie and Aurora Symphony. You can have single figures for those. It looks like Fanciful Top from Gate Two is going to go forward, uh, and Aurora Symphony from Gate One. I'm expecting. I mean, sorry, I'm expecting to to probably use that gate as well. I think Aurora Symphony's uh, raced on base for the last couple of races there, and then Coin Collector from Gate Four. All the speeds drawn low in this one. Uh, looking at this card, mate, I'm sort of I'm looking at the different angles that that these races are. Uh, or the different angles in these races and, and different ways that you can look at it. Uh, I'll start with Aurora Symphony because uh, he's won three on the trot now looking for four. Uh, we're talking about it might be a rain-affected track, how rain-affected it is on Saturday, I'm not entirely sure, but seven starts on a soft track uh, for two wins and three minor placings. Uh, fit horse, doesn't run a bad race uh, for Simon Wilde is definitely one way that you can look at it. I'm thinking the best way to go in the race is Fanciful Toff, the toppy one. Uh, his last start very impressively uh, by two lengths and was pulling away from the field. That was at the Valley, uh, was second at the Valley before that. Uh, seven starts on a heavier win in a second and in four, uh, five runs on a soft track, uh, a win and three minor placings. So there's a couple of different ways to look at it. I'm thinking Fanciful Toff is, is on top there. Uh, race through is the the Valley Pearl over 1,200 metres. Uh, this race is for the two-year-olds. I did actually see this race quite easily. Uh, I've got Scorched Earth on top for John Maloney. Damien Oliver is taking the ride. Uh, won the two-year-old Magic Millions Classic at Murray Bridge by five lengths. Uh, race before that uh, was two and a half lengths off Cated. Oh, sorry, off Arcaded in the Phillies edition for the, the Blue Diamond, the prelude. So, I mean, we know that since that race has run, obviously that form's been a little bit suspect. Uh, but Scorched Earth outran her SP massively there, started at 13s in that race to run second. Uh, so I've got Scorched Earth on top there. Uh, what's the next couple at, uh, at Rose Hill, mate? Race three is the Pago Pago Stakes, um, 1,200 metres, group three for Colts and Geldings. Um, this is a really interesting race. Shaquiro's obviously um, coming here. Oliver's trying to take the same sort of setup that they did at the Magic Millions where he has a run and then and then runs again next week in the Magic Millions. But I think he needs to win this to get into the race. Um, followers of Brilliance and anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I've got a little soft spot for Halal. Uh, last start, he was um, absolutely huge, and his four to two hundred sectional was at ten point in the ten seconds. Where before he got a little bump, and he still managed to just miss and come second. So he should definitely still be undefeated. And they're giving us five dollars here. 
for a backmarker who's going to be taking a seat behind a very, very hot speed. So I'm tipping him on top at $5 for sure. Um, Ingratiating is a, a tough one not to tip on top, but at the price of $2.20, I can't have him on top of Halal. Finishing second in the Blue Diamonds, obviously a big one. Um, and then race four, moving on to the Tattersalls Club, Maurice McCartan Stakes, over 1,100, bit of a tricky one. Um, this one was probably the easiest race on the card for me because you got Colette there in a uh, 2,000 metre, making a step up. She's had a fantastic preparation, winning the Apollo Stakes and then going very close in the Chipping Norton. And the big thing for her is that she's taking a step up to 2,000 now, which suits and we're going to get plenty of rain over the next few days, which just sets up perfectly for her. Um, a couple of other horses in the race, they're just not on the same same level as Colette. So we'll take the dollar fifty there, and I'm not throwing them up the. Um, oh, what do you call it? I've lost the, lost the word now. But I'm not not making her a special or anything, but she's going to win that race. So uh, yeah, they're the next two in Sydney, mate. Just looking at that race, and I mean, we'll get into it later with one of the what I've got as one of the bigger races at, at Flemington. There's Melbourne Cup form coming to the fore big time here. The chosen one. Uh, ran a massive fourth in the Melbourne Cup. Mustajir was there. Um, I don't think Mirage Dancer was, but Mirage Dancer was a McKinnon horse. Um, so you've got horses there that are going to want probably a lot further than 2,000 metres. And Blair, third up, peaking. One first up on that rain-affected track at Ramwick, I believe it was, was it, mate? Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's Ramwick. Ramwick, And then battled it out with very elegant Avilius last start. Um, I'm she's, not going to. She's, she's in peak form there, and you, I reckon you chuck her in the multi at dollar fifty, and you just you're just going to get the green tick. I'm hoping. Yeah, you'd like to think so. Looking at Mooney Valley, mate, I'm going to skip race three, and we'll get back to that one a bit later. I think that's uh, looking to be a cracking race. Uh, race four at Mooney Valley is the Ranford Able Stakes. Uh, handicap race over the 1,200 metres. Uh, Ancestry coming off of what a lot of people called a disappointing run in the Oakley Plate, but that was a very fast-run race. Uh, pandemic, Age of Chivalry, dollar for dollar, you can have single figures for those. Dollar for dollar, first up, three starts, two wins, and on a soft track, three out of four. Uh Certainly looks quite good in the form guide, but you have to go back a long way to find any soft form. I mean, you're going back to August of 2018 for a win at Morpheville in the spring stakes. Uh, other than that, it's just been dry decks for dollar for dollar. Uh, I've got Ancestry on top here. I think this could be the start of Oakley Plate form and that fast run race coming to the four big time. Uh, trialled up very well at Cranbourne, uh, which was documented quite well uh, leading into the Oakley play. Did fade late, but Michael Poy sticks aboard. And you could argue that this field is well weaker than that uh, Oakley plate field. Uh, from gate seven, probably look to maybe take a sit since dollar for dollar is drawn low and definitely going to go forward. Age of Chivalry drawn inside Ancestry. Uh, you would think that Michael Poy is just going to take some kind of a trail <clears throat> off of Age of Chivalry. Uh, so that's what I'm expecting in that race. Uh, and then once I get into the straight, obviously, we know Ancestry's got that turn of thought. Race number 
moving it forward to actually, it's race number six here, because we'll talk about race five a bit later, punters. Uh, this one's the Country Mile Series final over 1,600 metres. Uh, Flanders Rain is your $5.50 favourite. <coughs> Sorry, punters. Uh, Maximark, $7. Irish Playboy, Intellective, Fiorente Lass, Indispensable, all at single figures. It's quite an open market, this one. A lot of horses, these races are always quite tough to line up because a lot of these horses can be coming off last start wins and you go down to the form guide, number 13, Fontaine Diamond, was a last start winner at Wangaratta and you can have $34. So if you like winning form, that's that's where you want to be looking. One, one runner I will highlight in this race, and I've just lost it here, I'm sorry, punters, uh, Intellective. Uh, on its last start at Ballarat, Dean Yendel sticks aboard, only ping two and a half kilos for the win. Beat half of this field last start out. Uh, would be definitely one way to look at it. <clears throat> Flanders Rain has drawn the absolute car park in this race, which I think is quite unlucky. Uh, but I'd have Flanders Rain on top. Going back to his win at Sandown, the hillside track over 1,600 metres. It was a really fast run race. He carried the big weight there uh, with Will Price. He doesn't get the apprentice claim on Saturday. He had it at the hillside, got along well with the horse, not by over four lengths. Uh, trained by Matt Kamani. will definitely be having this horse peaking for this race coming out of that fast run hillside run. Um, I think Flanders Rain and, and Intellective might be the top two in the market, but like I said, you've got so many horses coming into this race off the back of wins and strong form lines. So it's a very tough one to line up. And I'll apologise, partners, anyone that's watching this one on Facebook. I am snacking away of some chips while I go here. I haven't eaten since. I've dead set not eaten for nearly nine hours. So I'm sorry, you're just going to have to you're just going to have to take that with a pinch of salt. I've got to have a snack while we're going. But Fish, what's the next of Rose Hill, mate? You've done well, mate, because there's no way I'd last nine hours. I'm struggling after about two. Oh, I'll also apologise because I um, called that Colette race the Maurice McCartan Stakes, but that's actually this race coming up now. The Colette was the Sky High Stakes. Anyway, um, this race is the Maurice McCartan Stakes Group 3, 1100 metres. I've tipped um, Wonderbar on top from um, Barrier 4. Chris Lee's Aussie Bloodstock and Jason Collett will ride. First up record of two stars for two wins. Absolutely loves a wet try. And uh, the form... Form around uh, her last start was Savadiana on Tricky Gal. That was back in November. So that, that form's definitely been uh, warranted. And, yeah, just the fact that she loves a wet track and absolute bomb first up. And she's had two trials leading in and she's won both. So you can't get much better form than that. So Wanderbar on top in race five. Launch yourself into the 340 and multi with um, Colette and you'll be having a win, I reckon. Skip forward now to race nine because the six, seven, eight are the big ones. Race nine's the celebrations, benchmark 88, um, over 1,350 metres. Um, bound to win. Had a very narrow second last start a fortnight ago behind uh, runaway leader Liberty Sun. And I just think she has a, a very good second up record. Goes okay in the wet. I think the $6 is good enough for us to launch in there. Although it's a tricky, tricky, um, tricky one. There's lots of uh, horses in the field, but I believe if she runs as well as what she did in that 
uh, last race a fortnight ago. I think she'll be hard to beat in this one with plenty of pace in the field. So, so yeah, mate, um, what about the last last two races at uh, Mooney Valley? Yeah, mate, race seven is the Vibus Gold Reef over 1,600 metres. This one's for the three-year-olds. Uh, there's only two horses I really want to talk about here, and they're out of the same form line, is uh, last weekend's Melbourne Cup Tour. Uh, it was race two over 1,400 metres that Cumberbatch won. <clears throat> and uh, it was Ana Visto that ran second, was a, a, a heavily backed favourite in that race, missed the start, ran into second. Two horses to come out of that race. I'll start with what I think is the, the less likely of these two, uh, and that's Salt Peter. Uh, got within two lengths of Cumberbatch, worked well to the line. Uh, that was third up there uh, for Salt Peter for the John Maloney camp. And Will Pike does stick aboard, but going up in two kilos, uh, I don't know if that's going to do Saltpeter any favours. And a lot of the speed is drawn inside, and, and Saltpeter's a, a horse that likes to run uh, sort of up on the pace. So that could make life a little bit difficult for Saltpeter in a sense. I'm going to stick with, uh, I'm going to go with Conceited here on top, and there's a lot of reasons for it. Uh, the biggest one going into uh conceded's first up run at Caulfield in the Zedative was we hadn't seen conceded since the Magic Millions two-year-old classic that was won by away game in January of last year. Uh, had a bunch of trials between Hawkesbury and Rose Hill, even Kembla Granger's there. Uh, pops up at Caulfield. Uh, Damien Lane's had all three rides, has been getting progressively closer and closer to the winner in each start. I just think one week back up, drops three kilos, out to 1,600 metres. Damien Lane staying aboard. He does like to go back. And I think Damien Lane is definitely a smart enough jockey. He's in great form at the moment. Um, is one that you can definitely back. I've got conceded on top there. I think that, that with that weight drop, even though uh, it's going to be a bit more of a rain-affected track, uh, I just think this is spelling it for, for conceded in a big way. Now, moving forward to, uh, I believe it is, yeah, race nine before we get into the big ones, Fish, is the Grand Handicap Sprint. Uh, this one's over 1,200 metres. <coughs> uh, this one, quite an interesting one to have a look at. You've got the Billionaire at 420, the Jamie Carr factor there, Cordilla uh, Von Gohl, if that's how you want to pronounce it. Uh, Vici, I think. Twilly Shaw, uh, Gold Spark, Exeter. Quite an open betting market in this one, uh, followed up by a personal favourite of mine, rounding out the field as Lucifer's reward. Always got time for that horse. Um, having a look at the map here, Fish, from Gate 6, uh, the billionaire looks to be going forward. Uh, gate 8, Kingstar Amber will probably be up on the pace and there's not a great deal of it drawn inside. Really hard race for me to split. And the reason for it is, like I said before, coming into these these races this weekend, a lot of these horses are coming off of last start wins. You've got CL Doro, $14 last start win. Uh, Kingstar Amber, last start win. Gold Spark at Bendigo was, uh, was quite impressive, carrying 61 kilos uh, and winning by two lengths, going up 100 metres, drops... 
four kilos, keeps Reese McLeod on board. The Nick Ryan stable is flying. Uh, main horse out of his stable, as we know, as regards Marie. Um, Gold Spark at 11s could be one for you to back. I think from gate one would probably look to use that gate a bit too. I think I'm going to have to get roped into this, mate, and I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I think the the clear horse to beat is going to be the billionaire. 53.5 kilos, Jamie Carr on board for the Freeman camp. Uh, last start win at Rang- Wangaratta, sorry, I should say, and... The race before that was at Ballarat over a 1,000 metres, beaten by quite a fast horse in Hums, who since that run has come out and won again, and that was only this week. Uh, I think with the low weight, Jamie Carr on board, we know how good a form she's been in and how good she is. Uh, I think this could be a a one-act affair there, mate. Um, So I think there's a couple of angles to look at it. I think the billionaire might be the the horse to beat, but a horse like Goldspark was very impressive last start, and the drop in weight, gate one, you know, they might stick out. They might stay away from the the inside rail at, at Mooney Valley, uh, considering the state of the track and what it'll be like. And it might actually be almost better ground by the end of the day. Who knows? But but that's what I'm looking at there, mate. Now we're going to get into the beef of the card, are we? We're going to, to Rose Hill for race six. Yeah, race six is the Shandon Farlap Stakes, which is a group two over 1,500 metres. Um, current favourite is Hungry Heart, $5, so it's a very open market. Uh, second line of betting, you've got Impecunious, uh, Liza Beal, and then a couple at the top there, Poland, Embolism. The pace is going to come from Barrier 1. Poland's going to take the lead and get the rails run probably the whole trip. Um, and then you've got Yale Town who will be on the speed with him. Um, Bazooka might, might try and sneak up the middle there as well. Tricky one, but I landed on uh, Impecunious from the Trent Busselton and Natalie Young camp. Um, she's had one run on a heavy truck over in New Zealand before she came to Australia, and she won it by four lengths. She's then come over here and uh, won a 1,200-metre Class 1, just purely on class alone. She's definitely looking for further ground, so she just sort of got the job done there first up. I'm not sure what happened after that. Had about an eight-week break and then raced in the 1,400-metre race where she just was very luckless in behind Yes, Baby, Yes. But, yeah, I think um, going up to the 1,500 metres, 54 kilos with Bossy on, gets a good draw off a pretty hot pace there with Poland in that. I believe uh, she can be strongest late and get the job done at $5, $5.50 at the moment. I was tempted to tip Hungry Hard on top, but she just doesn't want any rain at all, to be honest with you. She's had four starts on a heavy for only one second. They'll probably they were right uh, two of those with it was this preparation so you can probably forgive them but yeah impecunious for me did you have a look at that race mate yeah I have and I think there's a massive there's two massive soft spots in this market I think you're right <clears throat> in that impecunious is going to be the horse to beat however like I said the soft spots look to be hungry heart and pole and they don't want to drop a rain by the looks I mean Poland has got a second on a heavy deck, but that was his debut run in August of 2020. That was a maiden at Bendigo. Uh, so you don't want to be sort of really launching into that at all. The horse that I'm going to make a case for is the number two embolism. Uh, first up in the CSAs, definitely needed to run. Uh, race the Tagalol one, that was over 1,400 metres. 
last run in the Australian Guineas, which was that absolute boil over uh, with Luna Fox winning, Embolism absolutely savaged the line under Damien Oliver there uh, and really burst through the pack to, if that race was 100 metres longer, I don't think Luna Fox is winning. I think if it's, I think it would have been out of two horses, Ter- Cherry Tortoni and, and Embolism. Uh, the only concern is that he's not seen a rain-affected track, uh, Embolism, but uh, out of Seamus Award... Uh, but from memory, he did go quite well on a, a rain-affected deck. Nashville Willow goes aboard, a uh, strong rider, and he's been very successful of late, been riding very well. He rode one for you today, at least, uh, and I was on as well, so you be. Um, I just think that there's a couple of soft spots in this market. I think from gate 10, he's not going to be going back like uh, the punter's speed map has him that I'm looking at at the moment. I think he'll push forward, especially with a strong jockey like National Board. I think he's going to put himself in the picture and, and could prove very hard to beat, uh, especially with a couple of other of these, a couple of these horses like Thermosphere is definitely going to want uh, a little bit further than the 1500. Um, I think embolism uh, is a, is a massive danger to, to impecunious there, mate. Yeah, it's such a, such an open race. You can look at it a number of ways, but you're right. That embolism race was, um, Certainly looked like uh, he was going to get the job done there at the end over Luna Fox. He was flying home late. He had a massive price that day as well, starting price of 81. Like you said, I'm, I'm not sure about the uh, – uh, never raced on a wet track, but I guess we'll find out on the weekend how he goes. And and Nashville is certainly probably the – probably is the informed jockey in Sydney at the moment, if you ask me. So definitely no negatives there. Um, we'll move on to the Coolmore Classic, which is 1500 Group 1 for Phillies and Mares. Looking really forward to this race. This is an absolute cracker. Favourites Forbidden Love at $6, who's coming off a career-best run, absolutely. Um, second line of betting, you've got Shao, who uh, you tip for brilliance followers at uh, Melbourne last start, which was a good run as well. God, I mean, you're almost... Well. Yeah, she ran ran unreal that day and probably uh, deserves a start in this. Um, and then you got nearly every other runner's moving into double figures there. So the pace is going to come from Forbidden Love out of Barrier 3, Sweet Deal out of Barrier 2, so on the inside. And then Vangelic will come across and be on the pace with those three runners, um, which I believe sets it up perfectly for my horse, who I've been, I've been keen on all week. Since I've seen the uh, wet weather forecast, I jumped on. Straight away, Ice Bath here at third up. First up, um, she finished third uh, over the 1,200. Second up, she was jumped really well and got herself caught three wide the whole trip. So to stick on the way that she did, I was pretty uh, happy with that. Absolutely loves a wet track. I think this might be a targeted race. Well, it is a targeted race. Might even be the grand final. And it's just interesting to see that Karen McAvoy's jumped on near he hasn't rode her uh, any races preparation. So that's another big one for me. Forbidden Love, if she races the way that she did last start, they're going to have a hell of a trouble trying to, catch, trying to catch her around the bend. And another one that I don't mind at big odds is that same combination we keep seeing now. Brenton Abdullah and John O'Shea after the one last weekend. All Saints Eve's uh, horse that just absolutely loves the wet, probably needs it to perform in a race like this. She doesn't usually go that well first up, but her run was fantastic over the 1300 behind Korea Dearest and Think It Over. Um, 
So in a race like this, second up, she's undefeated. Two starts, two wins. Good draw. Um, I think All Saints Eve is a half-decent bet at $12. But, yeah, for me, I've got a ice bath on top, and I'm pretty keen on that one, actually. What about yourself? I'll make a case for a, a horse at even even bigger odds than, than All Saints Eve. And it's a horse that since when in this year, this year really has grown another leg and it looks like she's grown a sixth leg since she's gone to Sydney. It's crying. Um, King Golan training from Queensland. Last start, won at 16s in that guy Walter beat Tricky Gal almost two lengths. Timmy Clark was on board carrying 54 kilo. That was on a soft deck. If we're looking to get towards a softer end, a heavy deck at, at Rose Hill. Uh, she started twice in the heavy range and won both starts. If you take uh, that last run, so since her win at, uh, on Magic Millions Day at the Gold Coast, she was fresh and had a trial. If you take that, uh, that win at Randwick last start as a first up run, that's the only time she's ever won first up in her career would, would suggest that she's absolutely airborne at the moment. And then second up, five starts, a win, a second and two thirds. $17 for this horse is massive each way odds. From gate one, you would think that with Sweet Deal and Forbidden Love, even Vangelic drawn in three of the next four gates, she's not going to spend a penny in behind the pace. And as long as there is a gap for her, we know that she's going to bolt through it because even in that last start, at the 400 metres, she was seventh, and then she went one by two lengths. You go and look at her win at the, the on Magic Millions Day at the Gold Coast, 400 metres to go, she was 12th in the run. And she's won miraculously there. I think she's a massive each-way play at odds. Uh, but then I thought, I'll go and have a look for something else. Uh, a horse that did impress me last start uh, was at Caulfield was Rich Hips. Uh, with Mickey D on board, carried 58 kilos, uh, won that Group 2 mannerism. Uh, Lunacorn went around a hot pot favourite after that race and couldn't get the job done. Uh, Sovereign Award has come out since and won. Uh, two starts on a heavy for a win. Drops, what, three and a half kilos from her last start. And she's another horse that that we know will, uh, will run on from from off the pace, uh, I think that, um, sorry, punters, I've lost it here. I think that, uh, sorry, I, th I think that Rich Hips is a, a great bet as well. At 13s, you can have each way odds for both of those. And if one of those don't sneak into the place, I'll just about give it up. Yeah, over, over the past couple of weeks, I've had this cool more classic in mind and I thought to myself, you know, this is going to be. I can't wait for this race. It's going to be easy. And then the fields come in. And I'm. I've been looking at it for a long time. It's such a good race. I mean, even Shao, who we were talking about just before, drops three and a half kilos. Declan Bates doesn't ride in Sydney very often. He's come down for the ride. Um, Eight dollars off of hot speed. I can absolutely see uh, her in the finish. So. Anyway, yeah, very interesting one. But ice bar for me and Chrome for you, Jackie. We'll move on to um, yep, race I'll have, the, I'll have the Queensland girl. Thank you very much. 
<laughs> Good luck, mate. If she can do if she can do that th- three three wins in a row, it's a pretty uh, special effort. This, before, but, um, you int- before you introduce this next race, mate, I'm going to call it the Group Two Glutton for Punishment Stakes, and you'll know why in a second. Yeah, I know why, mate. There's a couple of horses in here that have um, frustrated us in the last few weeks. <laughs> um, yeah, the Hijack Stakes is the proper name for the race. 1,500-meter Group 2. Um, yeah, one of our favourites, Buffalo River, who we were quite keen on uh, a few weeks back, over 1,600. Amy Carr's in the race. And the favourites are one of my favourites, Creadiris, probably... Honestly, the most frustrating horse in the world, to be honest with you. Anyway, uh, the way I saw it after looking at the form, um, I've landed on Buffalo River. I think Buffalo River and Think It Over are going to lead. They're definitely going to lead, and Buffalo River doesn't really like to give it up very often yeah, at all. So, J-Mac jumps on. But the interesting thing was, I had a bit of a look, and obviously he didn't run out the 1,600-metre last start at all and probably over-raced. I'm hoping that J-Mac can control him a little bit more, but dropping back to 1,500 looks to suit. And then I went to his wet track form, and I just thought, this is unbelievable. Eight starts, six on a soft for three wins. Hasn't missed the placings on soft for three wins. Then you jump over to heavy for two starts and two wins on a heavy. So that's eight starts and never been out of the um, placings in five wins. So I just thought if he can lead around the bend and McDonald can um, relax him enough to be strong late, Rosil's a bit of a shorter straight than Ramwick. I think it sets up well. Um, I like the look of Rock first up for the Hawks stable and Tommy Berry. Great first up record and um, 1,500 metres is his specialty. Also likes a bit of a soft track. Um, coming in off a trial that he won, which is good. It's another great race. Creed Dearest. I mean, Creed Dearest wins this race. He qualifies for the Doncaster and... He'll be carrying about 50 kilos in that race because after this, he won't have to race again and he's straight in. So they, they, they're begging to get that job done. But um, he's jumping from barrier one and the speed's all around him. And I just think he just he doesn't like it. He just doesn't like it all. He's going to drop back to last and I think they'll take off. I'm just hoping, hoping he doesn't give him too much room again. But if the pace is on as much as we predict, probably a big chance. He'll be strongest late again, but he might be just that two or three lengths off and one more time to punish anyone who's jumped on, but I'm not taking that risk. I'm going Buffalo River. Yeah, $2.60 or $2.80 for a horse that we know is going to go straight back in the field. And, I mean, yes, low weight, Rachel King, they're all ticks. The stable, it's a talented horse. There's no arguing that. We know he's going to go back. And you'd almost want to lay Creedier as the place. Like, he just – he's got that race pattern where you know it's going to be – heart in your mouth for the last 100 metres, is he going to get there? And speaking about Buffalo River, this is why I called it the glutton for punishment stakes. Buffalo River on top here. Definitely over-raced in the the blaming. Uh, I was watching sectional stars after that that race, and I don't remember the, the figures from the race, but he was, according to the all average benchmark, he was a long way in front at the 600 metres, Buffalo River went quick. Uh, And that's the way that he likes to do it. I'm not saying that's the problem, but people have talked about it. The jockeys followed all the horses. Buffalo River just over-raced. He just went too fast. And Jamie Carr made it look like he wasn't over-racing at all. She sort of let him do what he wanted to do. And we spoke about that in the review after the blaming stakes. 
but gate five, I think it over could be a little bit of a pest from gate two, which I really don't want to see. Um, I want to see Buffalo River with J-Mac on board. It'll be interesting to see how he gets on with the horse. The horse. I think it might be the first time that J-Mac has jumped on board. Uh, but I want to see Buffalo River go straight to the lead. The wetter, the better. Bring it on at Rose Hill because we'll get everything back from the blamey stakes, mate. I I don't know what can really beat him. Creed is almost can't. I'm saying that now. His, his race pattern and... Because you look at a horse that likes to go back and then you're talking about a horse from a lower draw that likes to go forward, Creed Ears could be giving away a massive head start here and Buffalo River's fall on rain-affected decks is 10 times superior than Creed Ears. Um, so it's, it's the Buffalo for me. And once we finish up here, mate, I'm going to lock in 360 before people open the form guide and see um, and see how good it is affected uh, runs are and then I'm just going to hope that he blows out on Saturday and I can have 450 or $5 for him because I reckon that'll be nothing short of a fill up yeah I reckon you better take that 360 before we uh, release this podcast after we tip nine winners out of 16 races today <laughs> so I'll give us a bit of a wrap there but yeah I think creators can definitely win especially when you look at that speed map I mean Buffalo River I'm hoping that he gets a comfortable lead, but there's Stinky Nova. You got Grey Worm, who's going to become a punish coming in from the outside. There's a few off-pace horses that, if they over race, can put a bit of pressure on, which will set it up for Creed Eris. But if yeah, if Buffalo River can get that soft sort of run and relax a bit more than last start, I think you're right. Three sixty looks a good bet. Creed Eris. The other good thing is Creed Eris will get back in. Punters have been burnt burnt by him that many times. They just keep going for it because they want their money back. So, yeah, but I'll take the 360 as well, mate. I'm with you there. Yeah, Creadiris, mate, I told you, the glutton for punishment stays. I'm not saying that Creadiris can't win, but absolutely everything has to go right for Creadiris. He's got to jump well. He can't give away too much of a head start. So Rachel King will need to be on the ball with this horse if she's going to get him over the line. And I... I've got a, got a question for you. I've looked over Creadiris's... Trials, every every race, every run that Creed Ears has had, there was one trial in there recently where he jumped and he was in the middle. He was just off the speed and he, you know, he trialed quite well, but he jumped well and he was up the front there. Do you think if he jumped like that and put himself midfield or, you know, four or five horses back, would he have the same turn of foot as what he does? Or does he reckon he just needs to save all his energy and have one little dash late? Well, Creed Eris is a son of Lonro, and looking back to, uh, I think it might have been the 2000 Australian Cup that Lonro won and just mowed down the leader in the final stages to win. I, I don't know. I, you go and look at the form guide, and last start at Ramwick at the 400 metres, he was ninth. Uh, 400 metres, 13th. 400 metres, 14th. 400 metres, eighth, and that's in an eight-horse race. Like, I'm just going back off its, off his most recent runs. <clears throat> I'm I'm not betting on him to ping the gates and get up on the pace and be able to finish out, a, run out a strong 1,500. No way I'm going to back him to do that. I just – if he does it, that's great. Like, cool, well done. That's a good training performance. But then he's got to go out and do it again in a Doncaster. 
Otherwise, his only other option is to go back to what he's already done, which is just go back and try and run on and hope that there's enough space in the straight. And and there's a lot of pace in this race, so it'd be silly to do that. And also, if Doncaster's the um, plan, which it is, same thing, you're not going to jump there. You're going to sit at the back and let him over-race and go around the strongest late. So, yeah, you're right about that. And in the, Don, in the Doncaster, there's... I mean, horses that jump to my a horse that jumps to my mind immediately is a horse like Colding, who runs a strong sixteen hundred meters. And you're going to be taking on plenty of horses like Colding. <clears throat> you don't want to be betting on the fact that these Group One horses are going to be tiring late. Like they're going to be fit and firing for that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, that's why Creators wants to win this because if if he sneaks in with fifty kilos, that that might give him a little bit of an advantage. But in saying that, he always races with fifty three kilos on his back anyway, so he's not. It wouldn't be too much for him, I guess. No, that's exactly right. <clears throat> well, uh, what we'll do, partners, we'll go to Mooney Valley. Now, the last race we're going to cover in this one, Fish, is a great one in the All-Star Mile. But the first of three big races that I thought was on the card was race three. is the Extreme Freight Handicap over 2,040 metres. Your favourite at the moment is Persan, who is coming off an absolute fairy tale. Uh going from winning a maiden at Bendigo in May last year, progressing all the way through the the grades to get to a Melbourne Cup. He won a Bart Cummings along the way, getting to a Melbourne Cup and running fifth, two lengths off Twilight Payment. Too Close to Sun comes back from Perth. Uh, Hangman at $6, Irish Flame 7, Kentucky Breeze 8, Blenheim Palace is 10, and you have double figures for the other few. I've got... Too close the to sun to win this one. Uh, started up uh, first up in the uh, Futurity Stakes. Uh, not really a noted first up horse. Too close to the sun. Definitely a, a horse that's noted as a better runner second up and, and after in his prep. Now we're talking about a horse that loves rain affected tracks. Three soft tracks, three wins, and one start on a heavy for a win. He's unbeaten when. You get on a rain-affected deck, second up, four starts, three wins. <clears throat> and he's got a 50% strike rate at this distance. Looking at the speed map, from race two, Blenheim Palace is going to ping the gates on lead. And there's no speed between Blenheim Palace and Too Close to the Sun. So I think he's going to get a P. He's going to get almost an absolute PR up on the pace. I think for Persan, he's a bit of a soft spot in the market. He's not one first up. Uh, he's got great form on a rain-affected deck, but there's no noted trials or jump-outs here, so it would be you know, one of those weird ones that Racing Victoria puts away, which is a real pain in the ass to go and have a look at the form guide for. But for me, too close to sun grows another leg on the wet decks. And the case in point for that is last year at, uh, last year in April and May, winning the, the terrain and and the Warrnambool Cup. Uh, that was over a little bit further in 2100 and 2300, but we know that the 2000 might be a distant uh, an issue. Uh, I've got too close to sun on top for race three, mate. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm glad you said that, mate, because I've uh, <coughs> too close to on top as well. Just thought um, second up with a bit of fitness in the two kilogram claim to Lachlan Nondorf is a good one. He draws to get a good spot outside the leader or just behind, just behind the leader, off, not not a not a massive tempo. Um, Persan definitely 
did himself proud running in the Melbourne Cup, coming fifth at massive odds. And like you said, it was such a magnificent preparation that he put on. But And he's got a three-kilogram claim here as well. But, yeah, I mean, looking at the numbers, this is this is just a fitness run for him, surely. I mean, I just couldn't tell you on top of that prior favourite in a race like this with two closest son there. This distance, two closest sons never missed the uh, placings. Like you said, 50% strike rate for a win. He's um, won at this track and distance, so he's won the Mooney Valley um, 2040, it is, 2040 metres before. And, yeah, I just think, I think those, I think he has a bit on bit on the rest of the field here. Hangman looks all right for Damien Lane. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty keen to take the $3.90 for two close to Sun as well. Yeah, I'm, I was just about to say, you sort of go through and look at the, the rest of the market and, and the other horses in the race. And Hangman, Up Too Long, Cat, Irish Flame, Cat, Kentucky Breeze, Cat, Blenheim Palace, nowhere near as good as Too Close to Sun. I mean, you can put the pen through any West Australian form last start for Too Close to Sun. It was just too dry for him. And then, oh, don't even get me started on the others. You can add zeros to Mongolian Marshall and Happy Barrel. This punters could almost be just better. Too Close to Sun, he'll jump favourite. The market will come for him massively. Um, that's going to be a win in the books, in my opinion. <clears throat> Stop banging on about that because it's just going to be one-way traffic. Speaking of, uh, next one is race five, the Alistair Clark Stakes over the 20 and 40 again. Race favourite, and rightfully so, is Cherry Tortoni off the back of a blitzing run last start in the Australian Guineas. Um, Fish, how do you pronounce this one? I don't even know. The nine. Which one's that, mate? Peruri? Yeah, that'll do. Peruri. I was, I, was, um, I was literally about to say the same thing. I, I've no, I never heard of that. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know Matt Hill called it perfectly, uh, and I just can't remember for the life of me how he pronounced it there. Young Werner at $7. Uh, Bell Toro, Grand Slam, Explosive Jack. Hello. Bit of an omen bet, maybe punters. Um, but double figures the rest after Explosive Jack. Speed map for this one, mate. Uh, Comanche Brave looks to be going forward. Uh, I think the Young Werther might as well, uh, coming out of a couple of fast-run races. The I believe it was the Autumn Stakes or the Autumn Classic. I'm just trying to get that here. Sorry, punters, and keep grabbing the wrong horse. Yeah, the Autumn Classic. Uh, we'll probably use that Gate 5 to go forward there. Prince Romany, I think, might go forward as well. Fish, you know what I'm about to say. Cherry Tortoni's on top here. That run in the, the Australian Guineas, if that race was 1,650 metres. Cherry Tortoni's won that beaten Luna Fox and we don't have the the horse, the longest odds horse to win a group one race in Australian racing. That was Luna Fox. Cherry Tortoni would have won that guineas. Uh, stepping out to the distance won't be an issue at all. Two starts for a win. Soft decks, five starts, four wins. Drawn gate four, we'll just sit in behind the pace. Small field, finding a hole. If he doesn't find one, I'll give it away. Uh, Billy Egan and Patrick Payne, he hasn't copped any weight penalty for his last start. Cherry Tortoni wins. This is a race with minor placings, mate. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think you nailed it there. Cherry Tortoni was the run of the race in the Australian Guineas. Like you said, would have won with any more ground. And I would have liked to have seen at least $2. Or hopefully we get $2 on the weekend. But when you dive down and see that, um, see that he's rock hard fit, and, and likes a soft track, and you tell me there's going to be plenty of rain in Melbourne as well. 
And also, it's interesting being a backmarker that he's had two starts at Mooney Valley and he's won won there quite well and come second in the other race. So, seems to be a horse that likes Mooney Valley, which is interesting. Young Werther showed a lot of promise last preparation, but I know he's been racing in probably better races this preparation, but I'm not sure just where he's at at the moment. I think he's definitely getting out to a trip that suits at 2000, but you couldn't tip him on top of Cherry Tour Tony. Comanche Brave, I've been, I've won a little bit of money on Comanche Brave with the midweeks, but this is definitely a strongest race and the way that he races suits uh, Mooney Valley, but yeah, same thing. You couldn't go up on top of Cherry Tour Tony. And then the other interesting one is strange name we just mentioned, Parura or Parure or whatever it is. That's the one that interests me. Um, but no no wet track form makes it a tough one, but she's definitely in in some good form, that's for sure. But yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah, I'm taking the taking the cherry tour Tony for sure. When you just to frame this race a little bit differently for maybe some of the punters who didn't see the Australian Guineas or whatever, some of the discussion leading into that race fish was that Cherry Tortoni wins this race and he's the best three-year-old that we've got over these middle distances. I think there's no doubting that um, a horse like September Run is our best three-year-old sprinter, the feeling from uh, the Chris Wally yard, uh, even off the back of her run uh, in the new market. But the discussion was, and I was of the opinion, Cherry Tortoni wins that, wins the Australian Guineas and he is the best three-year-old that we've got. Young Werther has, had, has been tipped as this freak athlete in the shadows of Russian Camelot, who's going to go and who runs in in race eight in the All Star Mile, uh, I'm sort of thinking he's actually just no good. Uh, Grand Slam, I reckon they busted this horse up massively when they ran him in the Cox Plate. Yeah, 49 and a half kilos with John McNeil. I think that that that's ruined this horse for his career. Um, I think that was a bridge too far, way too early, and then. If it's double figures, who cares about this field? It's just going to be Cherry Tortoni. I'd, I'll be stunned if Cherry Tortoni doesn't win. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. I'll buy a dunce hat. I'll buy a dunce hat for next week for the review and the preview if Cherry Tortoni doesn't win, and I'll wear it the entire time. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to watching this race now. Right. It'll be interesting. I think you're on the money though. The, All Star Marathon. Yeah, I was just about to. I was just about to say it was a, a good point that you made about Cherry Tortoni really quickly. Likes the Mooney Valley track. He sustained his a big run in that Australian Guineas from a long way out. Um, but the thing about this horse is he's got an electric turn of foot. Even though he maps to go back in the race, he'll be up and going by the corner. Mm. Like it's not going to be a, a matter of get around the corner and then get into him. He'll be up horses' asses at the turn, even before the turn. He's going to be trucking into this big time. All he needs is a hole. Billy Egan will find it. And I think if he loses, it's bad luck. But um, I, feel like I feel like he's got a wicked, a wicked um, bend on him when he goes around the corner. I swear he, he's winning Mooney Valley last time. He just looked like he was making up that much ground on him. I felt like he just controlled the corner. It was better than every other horse and seemed like he was almost at maximum pace going around the bend. So, yeah, he'll be taken off early. He gives you the impression he knows where the line is. Like like you said, that last start, he was flying around the turn, but he knew where the line was and he, it, he just peaked on his run. Like it was just a bit too much, but he gives you the impression 
but he's a really smart horse. He knows exactly where the line is and he's going to give you 150% until he gets there. But we won't bore the punters with the, the Cherry Tortoni show there. We'll move forward to race eight. This is the all-star mile over 1,600 metres. This was the ballot entry uh, voting horses in to the race. Race favourite at the moment and deservedly so is Arcadia Queen. Uh, Probabil on the second line of betting. The big Russian, Russian Camelot at $8. Double figures the rest you've got. Mugatu, Behemoth, Sir Dragon Ace. Six, uh, sorry, Star of the Seas coming off a last start win. Big Mr. Quickie, Shout the Bar. 50 stars. The Horovian is at 40s. Um, and then you've got Australian Guineas favourite, Learner Fox. Um, and then there's some emergencies there, uh, the likes of Sosie Bonham and whatnot. Uh, looking at the speed map here, Fish, I think from gate three, shout the bar is definitely going to go forward as per usual. Russian Camelot will be up on the pace. I think Behemoth will as well. Uh, sorry, yeah, gate three for shout the bar. Yeah, that was right. Graceful Gamma from, from gate 11. Graceful Glamour is going to have to go forward, but you would think is just not going to figure in this race and the rest will sort themselves out. There's a million different ways that you can look at this race, mate, but I think there's only one logical way to do it. And that's Arcadia Queen on top, isn't it? Arcadia Queen for you, mate. Yeah. I, um, I struggle with this one. There's that many horses in it and I'm absolutely terrified of shouting the bar. Taking, he'll have the lead there and um, I'm oh, sorry, she'll have the lead there and she loves a soft, soft track and she had the bars burn me a few times at just leading and, and winning big races when I've um, gone against her. I've actually landed on Mugatu to win. Um, everyone knows I've got a soft stop for Aussie bloodstock, but this is def this was definitely a targeted race from a long time ago. And I feel like uh, uh, his first start run in the um, Apollo Stakes was just a fitness run and I thought he actually... Ran on quite well behind um, Very Elegant and those horses that day. Um, probably going to peak next start at 2,000, but I think in a pretty fast-paced um, race here, the All-Star Mile, I think Mugatu seen some photos floating around online. He looks absolutely shredded, so they're definitely here to win this race, and I'm hoping that he's forward enough, and he, he also likes a soft track. It was hard to get off the probable bus because... Just um, the way that she's been running lately has just been unbelievable. The interesting thing about it is a lot of these horses I keep looking at, I'm sort of trying to find one that doesn't go good on a soft or heavy track. And a lot of them have wet track form, which makes it a, a really good race. Yeah, but the obvious one looks like Arcadia Queen, who, if you go to her um, soft track form, it's not that great. So, yeah, I landed on Mugger 2. With um shout the shout the um shout the bar is more danger and maybe probable and what about Luna Fox doubling up you reckon? <laughs> Luna, oh, don't even get me started. Luna Fox, just scratch it. It's uh, to be fair, it's the it's the reason that this race was was brought on is you know the fairy tales of um you know you've got the Herovian who won eleven in a row starting in Cairns in Queensland. This is what the horse, this is what the, sorry, the race was, was meant for. And you vote your favourites in, the likes of the Herovian, 50 stars. Everyone loves 50 stars. And then you've got Sir Dragonet, last year's Cox Plate winner, who if the rain comes like they think that it will, this could just spell Cox Plate all over again for, for Sir Dragonet. But Behemoth, uh, Russian Camelot, obviously Probabil and Arcadia Queen, 
it's the reason that that this race was started is the likes of Luna Fox getting a gig. Um, so and it's a great initiative. I mean, you've got to be in it to win it, and if he leaves the gates, he's, he's every chance. But um, I, when I look at Arcadia Queen, I look back to where she was peaking for a real win last prep, and that was the Caulfield Stakes, where Russian Camelot went around as short as you'll ever see it. And in the straight at Caulfield, Arcadia Queen has absolutely dropped him and beaten him by just over... I mean, it was just over a length, but you watch the race, and she was lengths quicker than him. Um, she was very good uh, first up in the Futurity. Probably had already had a run under her belt. I don't think that the futurity for, for Arcadia Queen was was the main goal. I think she'll be fit and firing for this one. I think she definitely has bigger targets ahead of her. One case that um, you could make for, for Russian Camelot, since I've just bagged him, is five starts on a soft deck for three wins, and he's never missed the top two at this distance. Um, from Gates, he will get a really good run in transit. But Willie Pike's not going to ride a bad race on Arcadia Queen. Like, that's his girl. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I feel I feel like this race is going to be one of them ones where punters are at the pub on the weekend having a beer with their mates and everyone's just going to be sitting there going, oh, my horse didn't get a run. You know, my horse didn't get a run. Stuck on the inside. You got, you're going to have 15, 16 horses in a fast run 1600 at Mooney Valley trying to get around the bend there. They're all going to try and fan out. And there's just not going to be that many spots available for runners to come through, which just makes it a massive spectacle. But, yeah, I mean, I could look at this race five or six times and come up with a different horse and convince myself why that horse can win. Like, I just had a look at the Horobian again, and I'm just – I just don't, don't understand how we're getting $46 for the Horobian. Soft track, 1600 jockey knows the horse, and you get 45 bucks for him. It's just – oh, such a good race. That's the point that I was just about to make is that you can go as far into the into the odds as you can go to a horse at 40, so it's the Horovian. Ten starts on a soft deck, the four wins, heavy start, one for one. And then you can go from the Horovian and shorter and you can make a case for a lot of them. Like it's as much what you said that, you know, every man and his dog could be at the pub on Saturday afternoon and my horse didn't get a race at 30s or 20s or whatever. Someone could back to Horovian. He gets a hole. He was held up uh, first start at Flemington. He gets a hole, and we know he's going to fight to a line. He could love at 40s, and you wouldn't be surprised. You'd go, yep, that, yep. 100%, yeah. Look, you, you're telling me I can get $3.40 for Arcadia Queen, who's never won on a soft trade, or I can just have a, have a 10 on the Horovian and potentially get back 500 It's just... Absolutely crazy, and yeah, I would like to be on one of the horses on the speed, but yeah, oh, it's going to take me a while to actually work out what I'm going to do with this race, to be honest with you. But at the moment, yeah, mug two on top from she at the bar, and definitely Arcadia Queen's a big danger. And then you you, know, you can't leave probably out of your trifecta because she's um she's in career best form. Yeah, you can make a case for Sir Dragon that he's going to run a really good race, and he's at fifteens at the moment. I think if the market comes for him there's a good reason why the camp and the stable will say that he's ready to go and the soft deck will, we know will be a tick for him. Um, 
looking at it from a corny perspective, and this is what I'm going to be doing, I'm just going to chuck the field in, sit back and just watch a cracking race. And if the Horovian or 50 stars, you know, comes in at 20s or 40s and I'm alive in the last leg, I'm cheering because it's going to pay a fortune. And you've just sat there and watched a great race stress-free. Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah, for sure. Sticking the old field field in your quad is a great idea for that race. And and, and Mooney Valley is the type of track that even in races six, six, seven, and nine, you can you can jag a big winner there because it's such a tough track to race on. So, yeah, it's such an interesting race and it's going to be an absolute spectacle on the weekend. Looking forward to it. That's it. We've been waffling on a bit here, Fish. We'll stop boring the punters. They know what's going on. Get into our best bets, mate. What do you reckon for the weekend? Best bet for me is uh, Australian blood, Bloodstock runner Wonderbar in race five. Um, yeah, I just think she sets up well here. Good first up record, loves a wet track. And that $3.50, we're getting good odds. And my value bet's in the Coolmore Classic. Once again, I just think it sets up perfectly for Ice Bath on a, off a hot speed. And we're getting 9 10 bucks for her. So I'm pretty keen to launch into both of those. What about you, mate? I think uh, in race three at Mooney Valley, uh, and it's just coming up now. Sorry, punters. Uh, in the Extreme Freight Handicap, Too Close to the Sun, number two. That's a really good bet there. Um, I think best of the day, Alistair Clark Stakes, number one, Cherry Tortoni. Get whatever price you can, $1.90, $1.60. If you're at the pub, back him, go away and get your beer, come back, he'll have won. Um, <laughs> and then in that Coolmore Classic, I think my value is definitely going to be Crone. There, I think she can run a massive race for you at, at some really good odds, mate. So that's a massive weekend of racing that we've got coming. And I wasn't all that excited looking at the card until we sat down and started talking about it. To be honest, now I'm really keen for it. Yeah, I can't wait for it on the weekend. Mooney Valley is always an interesting one, and we don't usually get a Saturday meet at Mooney Valley until Cox Plate time. So I do like this new All Star Mile race they've brought in, um, sort of like the. Everest races for uh, Melbourne. Um, yeah, so looking forward to that and plenty of cracking races again at Sydney for for us to follow up here. So, yeah, looking forward to it. I'd like the All-Star Mile concept a little bit more if I voted in a horse and they gave me a slot in the run and I've just jagged a few hundred thousand because that horse has gone on and won. I'd like it a lot more then, but it's still a great initiative and I'm a big fan of it. I think it's really good for racing. Um, so it'll be very good. All right. Time to go, Fish. Massive weekend ahead. Thank you very much for joining me. It's been brilliant. As always, partners, if you've got any feedback, send it through to us. We definitely want to hear it. I don't need to tell you, Fish. We're doing everything perfectly, mate. So there's no feedback coming through yet. Uh, yeah, that's it from us. Uh, good luck on the weekend, partners. Bet up, fill up. Have a great time. And we'll see you on Tuesday for the review. Thanks, Fish. Thanks, partners. Cheers, mate. Catch up.